the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Radio.com. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. How long will the government shut down last? I think it's going to be over with sooner than people think. President Trump still standing toe-to-toe with Democrats over funding for the border wall with Mexico after another meeting on Friday. The president met here at the White House with congressional leaders for the second time in three days and says their staffs will work through the weekend to make more progress on the border security he insists be part of any deal. Senate Democratic Chief Chuck Schumer says he pleaded with the president to open the government now and talk later. Don't hold millions of Americans, hundreds of thousands of workers hostage. Schumer says the president instead said the shutdown could last months or years. Absolutely, I said that. He doesn't actually think it will, but says he's prepared to do whatever it takes to get what he wants for the border. That's Sagar Magani reporting, and this is SRN News. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no obligation quote. 1-800-930-2646. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-930-2646. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-930-2646. 1-800-930-2646. Hi, this is Tom Barrett, president of Lean Partners. We are celebrating 15 years of helping Minnesota companies dramatically improve their margins, delivery, quality, and generate capacity. We'd like to recognize a few of our clients by having them share their story. I'm Mike Kennison, vice president of manufacturing at Protolabs. Our core values of achievement, trust, and teamwork are centered around our key stakeholder, our employees. We realize that in order to create the most value for our customers and shareholders, we need to first and foremost invest in our employees. In three years, Lean Partners has helped us create and implement a leadership training program that is relevant and scalable across a broad set of our employees. The Lean Partners Leadership Training Program has made a significant impact on Protolab's continuous improvement efforts for both processes and systems, as well as talent development. Thanks, Mike. Are you interested in a customized plan to improve your business performance? Visit MyLeanPartners.com. That's MyLeanPartners.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. It's the King Banyan Show. As an educator and former legislator, Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves to break down the local and national economic news that matters to you. Just say what you got, man. It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Now, here's King Banyan. Good morning. Welcome, King Banyan Show. This is 1440. Happy 2019 to you. I just, just realized this is our first show of the new year. Welcome. Glad you can make it. It's also Job Saturday. So we have to do things a little quickly today because uh, in the next hour we will be interrupted by um, interrupted by uh, the NC2A Division II Football Championship. Or is it? D2? No, it's actually, I think, D1AA, is it not? The uh, championship in which North Dakota State, the Bison, are going for, I don't know ever how many in a row, but uh, perennial uh, power, football power, North Dakota State 
competing for the national championship. That'll be here at 1030 this morning. If you're listeners on the replay, don't worry. There'll be a second hour of the Banyan show for you there uh, at that time. Um, so we'll be, we'll be with you only, uh, for about an hour and a half this morning. But if you're listening to us on the replay on Sunday, we're here for two hours just for you. So anyway, we have to, we have to run through a whole bunch of things on job Saturday because it wasn't just, it wasn't just a jobs report yesterday and it was an, oh my goodness, what a jobs report Saturday, uh, um, because 312,000 jobs added and it, which is, the street expectation was somewhere in the neighborhood of 180 to 190. We'd gotten a, we'd gotten a, a quick look on uh, on Thursday at the ADP report, which had uh, private numbers up 265, well above where the market thought it was going to go. Nobody seemed to react much to that. Um, no one reacted much to that that uh, that change in in terms of adjusting up their forecast for uh, net farm payrolls. But again, net farm payrolls were up three hundred and twelve um, three hundred twelve thousand jobs, three hundred and one on the private sector, um, led in no small part by manufacturing, still with thirty two thousand jobs added. Construction, which had had no jobs, which had had a zero in November roared back with a 38,000 job gain in December that was a significant a significant upturn in that in that particular area um but the bigger numbers over in, in uh, the service sector up 227,000 jobs leading the way was in the was in the healthcare and social assistance area where where those numbers went up by 82,000 82, uh, it's your education and, and health services up eighty two thousand. Healthcare itself up almost fifty eight thousand. The leisure and hospitality industry up another fifty five thousand um, jobs. Up and down the line, if you looked, if you looked across the board, and, and I actually am looking at the diffusion indexes on the one month level, seventy percent of the two hundred and fifty eight industries tracked by the Bureau of Labor Statistics reported increased employment in the month of this in the month of December as opposed to sixty one percent in the month of November. On the manufacturing side, sixty two there's seventy six manufacturing industries in the measurement, sixty two and a half percent of the manufacturing industries up in November in December, sixty seven point one. So a nice swing in the breadth of the the breadth of the growth in employment across a, a variety of sectors it was a number that that now puts you at in private employment 252,000 averaged over the last 3 over the last 3 months the november and october numbers were raised by a significant amount uh by 58,000 jobs and that was that was a a huge increase so that's not just 312 but you add the 58,000 more that were that were credited to prior months and that puts the total number up by almost what does that come out to 370,000 jobs that's that's just an astounding number now as i often tease people there's always two surveys and the household survey, which generates the unemployment rate, reported an unemployment rate of 3.9% up from 3.7%. Well, how can that happen? How can we have both an increase? Um, how can we have both an increase in unemployment uh, and an increase in employment at the same time? Well, of course, that's because the labor force participation rate, which we have worried about for for years tick back up to 63.1 percent it's the highest reading of 2018 uh beating a 63.0 reading in in february but all the other months were down below 63 percent so adding 419,000 people to the labor force by bringing more population into the labor force helped push that number up house on the household employment side 
uh, household survey job growth was up was up 142,000 as opposed to that 312 or perhaps even 370, including the revisions uh, from the payroll survey. So those numbers, those numbers all did fine. But the and if you you ask, well, what happened? To the other unemployment measurements, U6 held constant at 7.6%. So it may well be that what happened in the last month, and we should go, we should go back and check that number for a second. Let's see if I can, let's see if I can find that, um, find those those alternative measures of unemployment. Indeed, uh, U6 held constant at 7.6%. Uh, uh, total unemployed plus discouraged workers. And et cetera, up to 4.8%. So it was really in that other area where you had perhaps people part-time for economic reasons perhaps are beginning to search more for other jobs. This is, a, this is, this is just, no matter where you look at it, the, the raise from 3.7 to 3.9, if there can be an increase in the unemployment rate that we should cheer, that we should say actually constitutes good news rather than bad news, it probably would be the one that we saw. It's probably the one that we saw yesterday in in these data. Uh, so, if we let me look, let me look at a couple of other pieces very quickly. Uh, new entrants into the workforce up to five hundred eighty-eight thousand. Re-entrants up seventy-eight thousand. Hundred and forty-two thousand job. Hundred forty-two thousand person increase in the number of people who left jobs the quit rate this is underreported in the news i've been reading over the last 24 hours the the quit rate may well have risen by a substantial amount people are feeling good enough to think that they can find better positions than they had before and the number again the number of people employed at work part-time for for uh, uh for reasons that they could only find part-time work down 66,000 workers uh, again i just i i just continue to say there's there's very little in this data you know even though the unemployment rate went up that would make you think that that was that was uh for good things or bad things the the last point for me to 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 point to is is to look at look at what happened with wages wages ticked up uh ticked up another uh, 11 cents in the month so Year over year, you've got an increase of 3.2 percent uh, in in wages, which is a good number. Everyone thought the number would be at three. 3.2 was a was a small surprise to the upside. I think it got a little overwhelmed by the size of the surprise in the non-farm payroll number, but but still, it was quite the surprise. Unsurprisingly. The administration came out almost immediately to talk about to talk about what it was seeing and how good these numbers were, and at the same time wanting to t- to tout how these good numbers were not going to cause the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates even more. Because as we've talked about here on the King Banyan Show over the last over the last month or so, or and, and really over the last six months. The, the White House has made it a, a point to hammer away at uh, the Fed not wanting it to raise interest rates further. So in its usual fashion, and as usual, uh, he shows up on all the shows, but we pulled this clip from Fox Business yesterday morning after the report comes out. Um, economic advisor to the president, Larry Kudlow, comes out uh, and, and, and talks about uh, talks about how this growth is going. Here's his view of it. Let's play cut number five, please, Andrew. And I say no. There is no recession coming. There is no recession in sight. Consumers are strong. Jobs are rising. Wages are rising. Let me add to that for the benefit of my great and dear friends at the Federal Reserve. More people working successfully at higher wages does not let me reiterate, does not cause higher inflation. And in fact, the inflation rate has been coming down even while we've been experiencing a continuation of the jobs boom. This is a supply side expansion. It's a business side expansion. 
the business tax cuts, large and small companies producing tremendous capital stock investment and productivity and productivity. And therefore, I think the Fed needs to look at their models. Right. Maybe put some more air in the tires, maybe get rid of those tires altogether because we have strong growth, strong jobs and no inflation. That is a terrific, optimal situation for our country or any country to be in. And I hope the central banks take note of this. So he was very that's Larry Kudlow yesterday on Fox Business on on, it was on Stuart Varney's show, but they had somebody else hosting at that particular moment. Um, Varney may be on vacation and I, so that's, it's not surprising the fed that the fed would come out. Uh, we will not, we don't have in the hour I've got to play for you today. Um, I, I won't play you any of, uh, of president Trump himself speaking about the jobs report, but they didn't miss the opportunity to rush him out and have him talk about, talk about the jobs report. Everybody was firing on all cylinders yesterday to talk about how wonderful this report was. And it was interesting that within, I think that cuts like a couple minutes into an eight-minute hit that uh, that Kudlow had on Fox Business. Um, it's it's interesting that within two minutes of that, he pivots to talking talking to and, and in fact, jawboning the Fed into not doing something. Now, very interestingly, the Fed was listening. The Fed, the, there was a, there's a conference of the American Economic Association happening in Atlanta this weekend, and yesterday they had a panel of Fed chairs on there. And when we come back after this break, we're going to play for you basically Jay Powell answering Larry Kudlow. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. If you could do something to protect your family with just 10 minutes effort, would you bother? If something should ever happen to you, that 10-minute effort could mean the difference between hardship and financial security for your loved ones. Life insurance is something most people don't like to think about. Too many people do nothing until it's too late. The reason? People expect it'll be a big hassle. Ethos changes all that. Ethos is modern life insurance for people who don't have the time for fine print, extra doctor's appointments, or hidden fees. Ethos is affordable. It only takes about 10 minutes to apply online. And you'll be taking the first step in ensuring your family has the help they need to maintain the life you're building for them, even if the unexpected happens. Ethos brings you choices that don't require an in-person meeting with an agent. And in most cases, there's no need for a doctor's appointment. Ethos, life insurance for the 21st century. Apply online in just 10 minutes. Get a free quote now at getethos.com. That's getethos.com. Getethos.com. Pat Boone here again, and I assure you, I have never before endorsed a pain relief product. Not until now. Not until Relief Factor came along as a 100% drug-free solution for people struggling with ordinary pain. Quite simply, Relief Factor was designed by doctors to help relieve those occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, and everyday living. Let me ask you, are aches and pains keeping you from sleeping through the night? Or keeping you from taking those nice long walks or playing golf or tennis? You can't really call it living if you can't get around comfortably. The three-week quick start from Relief Factor may be all you need to lower or even eliminate these pains. A whole lot of people have already gone to relieffactor.com, and here's something you need to know. The majority of people who order the three-week quick start, now only $19.95, go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com. This is David Davenport of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. Democrats are frustrated that they've lost the presidency in the Electoral College twice in the 21st century. But instead of amending the Constitution, they're going to courts and state legislatures. Four lawsuits claim that votes for the losing candidate in a winner-take-all electoral vote are not counted equally as required by the 14th Amendment. Of course, all the votes are counted at the state level, as the Constitution provides, so this should be a losing argument. But these days, who knows? At the same time, they seek to pass the National Popular Vote Bill in state legislatures, requiring electors to cast the votes for the winner not of their state vote, but of the national popular vote. 
If you want to change the constitutional requirement of electoral voting, it should be done by a proper amendment, not an end run or a legal power play. I'm David Davenport. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, preparing leaders for the public square. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. This is 1440. 651-289-4477, the number to call. King Banyan Show, of course, the lead off of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Don't forget to listen to uh, my good friends, uh, Mitch Berg, today from 1 to 3, and then Brad Carlson tomorrow, 1 to 3, over at our sister station, AM 12A, The Patriot. We're always... We're always rooting for the Narn every weekend here as we enter 2019. Uh, a long run. I, if I remember right, sometime in March, the Narn celebrates 15 years. Um, if, if my memory is correct, it was about two weeks from now, 15 years ago, where the initial meeting of the people that created the very first Narn show over on 1280 uh, got together at a... Um, at a restaurant over along a lake, uh, I think the lake where where um, they tried to have Hugh Hewitt ride a snowmobile. Apparently, hilarity ensued. Anyway, six five one two eight nine four four seven seven the number to call with questions, comments. If there is to be some celebration of the fifteen years, um, you can bet your bottom dollar I'll be there. I'll tell you what else happens. There's every weekend, every first weekend of January is the Ameri- the Allied Social Sciences Association, most of which is the American Economic Association annual meeting. It's the happening place for economists, if there can be any such thing as a happening place for economists. Um, uh, I usually tell people, plan on there being a lot of beer consumed and bad tipping. Um, but um, the, the, the feature event yesterday morning, and there's always... So... In, in case you don't know what an academic conference looks like, and particularly this one, there are hundreds of, of rooms being filled with sessions in which people are presenting their research to other people that would be interested in that research. I've attended probably 25 to 30 of these over my, over my career. Now that I work in a de- as a dean here at St. Cloud State, um, it no longer really makes sense for me to go. It'd be, it, it's not a good use of my time or money. So... So I've stayed away for the last few years, but I really enjoy them. Um, I really do enjoy them in, in terms and in, in what happens. But they will also have these larger sessions where they'll take a, a, a ballroom and they'll have about 1,500 to 2,000 economists in there. There's about 10,000 of them running around. So they'll only be about 20, 25% of the audience. About 20, 25% of the people who are at the conference will actually attend this event. But they'll be in this ballroom, and they'll get some real high-level speakers to speak at this conference. And so yesterday, they had a panel led by Neil Irwin from the New York Times, uh, their, their economics reporter. And the panel was the last, the current and the previous two chairs of the Federal Reserve, uh, Jay Powell Janet Yellen and Ben Bernanke are all sitting on, you know, in chairs on the stage, and they're being asked questions. Paul is sitting there, and, and and we obviously are a radio station, so you can't see the video, you can't see you can't see what the stage looks like. But they're sitting in chairs, and Paul has sheets of paper in front of him. Irwin throws a question to him, um, sort of a general summary, and as I see it, he's looking down at his sheet. And as if he's reading from a script, I do not know that he's reading from a script. It could be notes. I, I do lots of presentation where I show up with his bullet points, but he's not looking up from the sheets as much as I would with bullets. So I kind of think he had, he had some points he wanted to be sure he got across. So the first thing he did was he wanted to react to the jobs report uh, of the morning. And so we just heard Larry Kudlow in the previous segment. And so now it's a, about 90 minutes after Kudlow, and Neil Irwin throws a question to him, sort of, you know, what do you see as being the state of play currently in the economy? And Paul gets to the jobs report right away. Play cut one, please, Andrew. You mentioned this morning's jobs report. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, 
Uh, we had 312,000 payroll jobs added, a very strong number. Uh, we have uh, unemployment remaining uh, below 4% for nine months now, the longest period since uh, the mid-1960s. We have labor force participation picking up again and surprising to the upside, which is, is very, very welcome. And finally, we have wages, which are, are continuing to gradually move up. Average hourly earnings moved up. Uh, and uh, that's, that's quite welcome. And also, for me at this time, doesn't, does not raise uh, you know, concerns about too high inflation. That last point, the don't raise don't concerns about too high inflation, is almost, almost the answer to Kudlow's concern uh, about, guys, inflation's not getting out of hand. You don't need to do, do as much. So he's already signaling that that he hears that, but he has made the point that the economy is growing strongly. And and then he proceeds to talk about, and we've had to cut this down somewhat, he proceeds to talk about how different the market reaction has been to the reaction that's coming to the to the data itself. The data says the economy's strong, we don't have inflation, but the market seems to be seems to be signaling something different. Play cut number two, please. But financial markets uh, have been sending uh, different signals, single, signals of concern about downside risks, um, about slowing global growth, particularly related to China, about ongoing trade negotiations, about what uh, maybe let's call general policy uncertainty coming out of Washington, um, and among other factors. So. Uh, you know, you, you do have this, uh, this difference between, on the one hand, strong data and some tension between financial markets that are signaling concern and downside risks. And the question is, with those contrasting sets of factors, how should we think about the outlook and how should we think about monetary policy going forward? So, what, sure, the market's reacting to something, right? They're, but what are they reacting to? Okay. One way to track this is to track something called the VIX, right? It's the volatility index that is, in fact, traded. And if you look at, if you look at that, it's risen. And you, you look at the other times it's risen. Brexit, it rose. It was higher than, than, than it is now. Uh, concerns about China slowing down back in, in mid-2015 had a VIX that was much higher, uh, peaking at around 20. The VIX is really the, – the, the VIX is, has not peaked at a number that is – the 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 VIX uh, the VIX is really at a ratio now at about fourteen a ratio to ten year ten year T bonds that is fairly normal it was a little bit higher some time ago um, but you could go back and find several times when when market volatility was higher and so he talks about about this 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 piece that you can only describe as angst. You can talk about the market being concerned about things like China, the 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 spasm of pessimism that came out of the report from uh, Tim Cook and Apple that uh, the Chinese consumer isn't buying so many of our phones. Um, so there's that. You've got the trade wars and potentially something happening there, happening this week where a delegation is going over. Look, don't put too much stock in that. They 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 sent the B team, right? They didn't send. They didn't send Mnuchin. They didn't send. They didn't send Kudlow. They didn't send Lighthizer. They sent their. They sent deputies. Um, almost as a, a immediate reaction to that, because I think I think the Chinese are upset that we didn't send the A team. Um, the conversation that Donald Trump will have at the at the uh, at Davos is no longer going to be with Chi, but with with a vice premier. And it's like I would. Actually, I expect sometime this week you'll see Donald Trump say, I- "I'm not talking to that guy." Either I talk to Chi or I'm not talking. Um, so there'll be some more concerns from that. Oil prices still continue to, you know, gasoline is still selling below two bu- two bucks a gallon here in Minnesota. That's a that's interesting. Eurozone concerns and the shutdown, right? So there's lots of stuff to be upset about. But should we be pessimistic? I think that that really is the question. That really is the question. So, so let's listen to a couple. Uh, to listen to one other person talk about talk about that pessimism. Uh, this is Douglas Holtz Eakin, who had been an, an advisor to uh, John McCain and Mitt Romney during their during their campaigns. Uh, let's let's play cut number seven, Andrew. 
I think the pessimism about a recession in 2019 is completely misplaced. You, you cannot get a recession in the United States without having the household sector go south. And there is no reason for a very strong household sector to somehow pull back that sharply. O over the final three months of 2018, payrolls expanded at a rate of about 7%. And that, that's a, a great annual growth rate. That's strong foundation for income. And we should see continued momentum into 2019. And add to that the fact that, that ga lower gas prices are like a tax cut. I, I mean, I, I filled my car. I, I, looked at, I looked over at the... I looked over at how much. I got about a 16-gallon tank in my vehicle. I filled, it, I filled it up. I think I probably had two or three gallons still in there. And I looked over, and it was like $25. And I said, really? Shouldn't I? Be, shouldn't I? I actually checked to make sure I had, I had filled the tank. And I had. And it's like, wow. I'm pretty sure when I first bought this vehicle six months ago, that cost me about thirty-three to thirty-four dollars. I've got money for an extra. I've got money for an extra lunch now. Hey, that's that's pretty good. It is hard to imagine that the, that what's what we're seeing in the what we're seeing right now would lead to a recession that time soon. Are there concerns? Sure, there are concerns. There there are plenty of reasons to be concerned. But what I'm not what I, but I'm not thinking that there should be a whole lot of pessimism out there. And sure enough, Larry Kudlow comes back to that point as well. Let's play cut number six. This is just what we want. Just what we want. And they're carrying their freight with improved productivity. It doesn't get any better than this. And I really would urge people to reconsider their pessimism. Uh, right. That's that that's that's what he's saying. That's Larry Kudlow from the White House. Holt Seekin uh, is, is saying pretty much the same thing. There was other news though this week, and probably dominated by the fact that after Jay Powell had set up those pieces, I gave you the first three. He gave about a six-minute answer to Neil Irwin's first question. I've I've played two bits from the first four minutes of that. He made most of his news in the last in the in the last uh, two minutes of this piece, but I really find fascinating how people have interpreted this news. I'll play that for you right after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-2013. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-2013. 800-444-2013. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all. 
The few. The proud. The Marines. So you've been exploring solutions for your hair loss. You've seen ads from the national chains. You've researched the alternative products that cost a fortune, but there seem to be no guarantees. So here's good news for you. This is Dennis Prager. Go to INeedMoreHair.com and see what their hair transplant specialists are doing for men and women like you. The consultations are free. Their doctors have given patients in Hollywood and worldwide a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. You'll see a more confident reflection of yourself. In fact, they guarantee your results in writing, and their prices are some of the best in the business, as low as $3 per graft. So stop searching and go to INeedMoreHair.com. You have nothing to lose. Call their office in Egan for your free consultation. I need morehair.com. Experience you can trust, prices you can afford. Get the permanent solution to your hair loss at I need morehair.com. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. So, Jay Powell was hanging out in Atlanta with uh, Janet Yellen and Ben Bernanke and gets um, kind of a sort of, you know, one of those questions. I'm quite, this is speculation on my part, this King Banyan Show, by the way. Business 1440, 651-289-4477, the number to call. And Job Saturday, 3.9% unemployment rate. Nine months in a row with an unemployment rate below 4%. First time since the, since the mid-1960s uh, that that's happened. It's a really unusual market, a uh, really unusual economy right now. The fact that, uh, the, that we added two-tenths to the labor force participation rate big news okay so you'd have spent the entire day digesting what had happened with the jobs report except for the fact that an hour and a half after now two and a half hours i think i think it was a 10 o'clock session uh two and a half hours after the the bl bureau of labor statistics reported the information paul yellen and bernanke are on stage and Powell's answering a question about the state of the economy. And he's just, you know, he's just given, in fact, you know what, Andrew, maybe to set this up right, we're going to play, let, let's repeat um, cut number two. This is Jay Powell. But financial markets uh, have been sending uh, different signals, signal, signals of concern about downside risks, um, about slowing global growth, particularly related to China, about ongoing trade negotiations about what uh, maybe let's call general policy uncertainty coming out of Washington, um, and among other factors. So, uh, y- you know, you, you do have this, uh, this difference between, on the one hand, strong data and some tension between financial markets that are signaling concern and downside risks. And the question is, with those contrasting sets of factors, how should we think about the outlook and how should we think about monetary policy going forward? So he sets it up, and then... And then he gives them gives them an answer. He's saying, "Okay, our data." And when he talks about data, what do we use? What what's the purpose of the data? The data is to have a is an input into a model that the Fed has. If you remember, we won't replay that clip, the the Cudlow clip. But Cudlow talks about the model and says maybe you need to inflate the tires or maybe to remove the tires entirely. You know, basically the the White House telling the Fed, we don't like your dang models because your models aren't based on on our belief that it's a supply-side tax cut. My answer to Mr. Kudlow is, we don't know that yet. We, it, it might be. It's got, it's got the possibility of having some real strong supply-side effects. But the evidence on that will take some time to figure out. You need, you need to get more people in the labor force. This report was good in that regard. But it also means you need more capital because the key to the, the, key to the supply side story is an increase in investment, which leads to increased productivity so that wages will grow without causing, without causing inflation. Real wages will grow significantly with an increase in productivity. A 3.2% growth rate 
to wages over the last 12 months probably fits a world where productivity is growing at three quarters to one percent, but it sure doesn't fit uh, the world where we had productivity growing by two percent as it did in the 1990s. So that's worth that's worth asking. So the market's got these concerns. Some of them are international in focus. Some of them are are focused on things like like uh, the the effect of terror of of tariffs, the government shutdown, and so on. And so Paul says, "Here's how we're going to look at things. Play cut number three. Now, when we get conflicting signals, as is not infrequently the case, policy is very much about risk management. And I'll offer a couple of thoughts on that to wrap up. Um, first, uh, as always, there is no preset path for policy. Um, and particularly with the muted uh, inflation readings that we've seen coming in, uh, we will be patient as we watch to see how the economy evolves. Uh, but we're always prepared to shift the stance of policy and to shift it significantly if necessary in order to promote our statutory goals of maximum employment and stable prices. Okay, so everybody seized on the one word. The one word being patient. I heard it time and time again in, in discussion afterwards. The headlines featured the word patient. But if you listen to the whole thing, what does he say? Because we have muted inflation. You know what? I'm going to play it one more time. Just Let's play uh, cut number three once more. Now, when we get conflicting signals, as is not infrequently the case, policy is very much about risk management. And I'll offer a couple of thoughts on that to wrap up. Um, first, uh, as always, there is no preset path for policy. Um, and particularly with the muted uh, inflation readings that we've seen coming in, uh, we will be patient as we watch to see how the economy evolves. Uh, but we're always prepared to shift the stance of policy and to shift it significantly if necessary in order to promote our statutory goals of maximum employment and stable prices. And, and, and to me, that statement is pretty much what he's been saying for months. And yet everybody reacted differently to it. Everyone reacted differently to to that particular point. Muted inflation. Because inflation hasn't really gone to the 2.5% we thought it was going to six to nine months ago, we don't need to go as fast with rate increases as we, as, as we might have. We can, that's what patient means. We, were not, we don't need to go as fast. The market is correct to say, okay, Fed funds policy is not on autopilot. Right? It's not on autopilot. But he said there's no preset path. They have, in fact, tried over the last three to six months to get off of the, the measured increases in the Fed funds rate that has been part of the FOMC statement for the last three to four years. He's trying to get off the path that he was put on by the two people sitting to his left, Janet Yellen and Ben Bernanke. Right? And why should we be shocked to find out that there might be a hiccup along the way? Why? Because the markets like having central banks always standing there as a place to, to, leave, your, to leave your bonds that you no longer want to hold, that they will buy them instead. People are trying to interpret this as, hey, there's a Powell put. No, there's not. No, there's not. He says, because we have muted inflation, we can be patient. But if we get additional information, we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna change. We're gonna be flexible. He's trying to go back to the data dependency that existed existed when uh, when Bernanke replaced Greenspan. That's 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 what he was trying to say. And if there was no doubt, he finishes on this very this point. This is, this is at the very end of his answer to this question. Cut number four, please. Is that we will be prepared to adjust policy quickly and flexibly and to use all of our tools to support the economy, should that be appropriate, to keep the expansion on track, to keep the labor market strong, and to keep, to keep uh, inflation near 2%. Near 2%, right? He's not willing to let it go above 2%. That was, you know, and they've said that all along. You, if... 
if people were listening hard to the very end, I think they just were, you know, they 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 were still, you know, jumping up and down like they had just won the World Series after he used the word patient, and they didn't hear the end of it. Inflation is still very much in in focus for this Federal Reserve. It's very much in focus for this Federal Reserve. And I thought Neil Irwin, who who came on to, uh, I I believe, on to Bloomberg later in the afternoon, uh, uh, Neil Irwin, who is a reporter at the New York Times, very, very fine economics reporter, one of my very favorites in the country, uh, comes on comes on afterwards. So he's the one that asked Powell the question that led to these ans- these answers. And he talks about what he heard Powell say, and given he was sitting right next to him, he's probably the right person to ask. Let's play cut number eight. Look, I'm, I think it's not so much about the policy shift. It's about the balance of risks and the kind of framework that they're using as information comes in. Uh, this is signaling much more openness to, to waiting, uh, you know, perhaps all year, maybe not doing any more interest rate increases this year. It's not a commitment to that. I think there's a distinction there. Uh, I think the, the, the chairman was, was signaling this willingness to, to really listen to what markets are telling him without actually committing to a, any kind of radical change in policy. Uh, if the numbers keep coming in the way uh, that, uh, that bad ISM number did yesterday, maybe there's a change. If they look more like the jobs number this morning, who knows? Isn't that what data dependence is? Thursday's number on the on ISM, okay, the Institute for Supply Management's managed manufacturing index came in at a very negative number. And indeed, if you look at manufacturing, if you look at these uh, ISM measures from around the world, the manufacturing sector, which had a really great number in employment in December, is giving signals that it might be slowing. Okay, not receding but at least slowing. So there's a conflict there in the jobs report and ISM. And that's going to be hard for the Fed to figure out. Irwin is exactly right that there's going to be, there's, there's this tension going on there, and it's going to take some time to, to figure, out how that, figure out how that works out. I, I still think that there's an increase rather than decrease. I'm looking at my this morning's Wall Street Journal. On Friday, the... Odds of a rate cut in 2019 dropped from 50% to 32% after rising from 10% to 50% on the ISM number on Thursday. The market is highly volatile. It's highly sensitive to every new bit of information that comes in, which is all well and good, but they should understand that the Fed is watching that data too and indeed is listening. If we can get people to just stop saying that the Fed's on autopilot, I think the market I think market reaction to individual bits of news will actually settle down and be a lot better as we move into 2019. We'll be back with some additional thoughts about this right after this you are listening to the King Banyan show on Business 1440. Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. Are you a member of our rewards program? Yeah. I had the card here somewhere. We've all been there, rustling around for that rewards card you can't seem to find. At Business 1440, we simplified the process. All of the perks, none of the hassle. It's the Business VIP Fan Club, where you'll get early access to tickets for our events, exclusive content, prizes, and more. Sign up at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts WOW11 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers 
build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting WOW11 to 88988. That's WOW11 to 88988. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you'll receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, evrcleaning.com. Remember, forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. Dreaming of a better life for your family starts with your decisions today. Hi, this is Marty Young at Online Trading Academy. We teach skills to create an income to live your life your way. Take the time to invest in you. Join us for a free investing class by dialing pound 250. Use the keyword OTA. Again, pound 250, keyword OTA. Online Trading Academy Radio. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. If you're listening to us live on Saturday, of course, you are you're going to hear uh, a recent show in the first part of the next hour, and then, then North Dakota State Bison football, the national championship game, which they're perennial in. They're going to go for another championship today. Good luck, Bison. Uh Wish you luck. Many years ago, they played in Division Two, and we would get to see North Dakota State football down here uh, in St. Cloud uh, uh, often. And uh, it, like like every other year, they'd be here in town. Great team, great tradition, great program. Good luck, Bison. Uh, we'll we'll be rooting for you today. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. We're we're so we're coming up on the end of this hour. I I I want to emphasize a few things. Uh, from this hour as as we head out and just just to sort of set where where i'm working i do not do a national forecast here on uh, in any way shape or form i have an opinion on where the national economy is going but do i generate an actual number forecast no i don't my my forecasts are are largely based on regions of the state of minnesota i don't even do a a full state forecast although you could imply one from the from the six forecasts I do do for uh, for the six for the six areas of Minnesota that we study, um, but I here's what here's what are here's what's on this list, and I I appreciate Scott Granis who had really complained about the the FOMC statement and the and Powell's press conference after the FOMC meeting two weeks ago came out and said basically he's fixed what he did wrong, and I. I still argue we don't have. I, I still argue that sometimes sometimes people are saying and you're not listening. Other times you're saying the same thing and all of a sudden they hear it for the first time. And I think that's what happened yesterday. I think Powell said the same thing for four months, and yesterday the word "patient" somehow captured the imagination of the of, of Wall Street and and the financial press, and now everyone's singing Powell's praises, and uh, perhaps that will that will lead to some of that. I, I could have done. I could do lots of other ways, but say say this. I want to tick through those. Granus pointed these pieces out that I still find myself thinking about. China really appears to be heading to a slump. Hidden also in yesterday's news was the fact that the Chinese, that the People's Bank of China, cut the reserve requirement. Uh, for Chinese banks by one percent, that's a pretty or half a percent. Excuse me, that's a pretty that's a pretty big bold step. It adds a lot of liquidity to the system, but it just means that that China's going to use debt to try to you know inflate its economy as, as it's done frequently over the last ten years. At some point, that 
that trick wears out. At some point, you have too much debt in the system. I'm concerned if this this gets to be gets to be too much of that. Trade wars. I think there's more choppiness ahead of that in the next month or two. Um, but I think I think they're both interested in finding some agreement. It'll be like the it'll be like the NAFTA resolution. They'll make a big announcement that they've solved everything, and it'll be a lot less than you think. That's probably what's going to happen there. Oil prices. If I'm right about the economy, that it that's growth rate will be pretty well sustained. I really believe oil prices will begin to pick back up. The stories about uh, the the fracking fields and the fracking companies running into big financial trouble. I think those will subside during the year. I don't think that's a big deal. The shutdown will get settled. I'm not so concerned about that. I will tell you my biggest concern remains thinking about Europe. Uh, quantitative easing has ended from the ECB. They are no longer adding to the portfolio, although they're not doing quantitative tightening like the U.S. They're no longer doing it. The Bank of England stopped doing this quite some time ago, and the Bank of Japan is not engaged in in additional quantitative easing at this time, although they maintain a humongous portfolio. Now, part of me thinks this is good news because it means that the interest rates we observe in the market are the result of a price discovery process, that creditors and lenders are setting prices rather than central banks. I prefer that because I want to use interest rates as a signal of what's happening, and I can't really use that. That's why I don't put much faith in the yield curve story. I don't put much faith in it because the yield curve is being manipulated by central banks right now. It, 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 you can't use it, but that, had, that wasn't happening 10 years ago, so that, that's an issue. issue. But that fact that they've stopped in in Europe, I think, adds to the Brexit issue. I think it adds to the Italy issue. Take a look at my Twitter feed at Pound KBRS. There's a very interesting piece by uh, by Paul Sternberg on uh, on uh, on Italy in uh, yesterday's Wall Street Journal. I've posted a link to you on the Twitter feed. Take a look at that. I still think, if as I look around. China and Europe are the bigger issues, not not the U.S. economy. The U.S. economy is still, if you think it's a dirty shirt, okay, but it's the cleanest dirty shirt in the hamper. Thank you so much for listening today. We'll be back. We'll be back with you next week. Stand by and go Bison. Imagine your business being on the first page of a search engine like Google or at the top. What could that do for your bottom line? The answer is at Salem Surround. Digital marketing that surrounds your potential customers with your message wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review. When they're on their computer, mobile phone, or tablet, your ad is there. When they attend a sporting event, conference, or concert, you're in front of them on their mobile device. When they walk into your competitor's store, your message entices them to visit you as well. Salem Surround takes the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. Now there are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundmsp.com. That's surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. Hey, could you help me find this file? Oh, yeah, that computer crashed yesterday. It's on the cloud, though. I thought we stopped backing stuff up there. Right, but I think it does it automatically. Oh. What says the server is offline? (laughs) Great. Accounts payable, confidential HR files, important spreadsheets and documents. We all have them. But is that data backed up, encrypted, and protected? Don't assume it is. Know it is. Join us Thursday, January 31st for Prepare and Respond, a half-day event that will get you up to speed on cybersecurity, personal protection, and securing your office or small business. Prepare and Respond is free for educators, office managers, and small business owners. Complimentary breakfast will be served. Make a small investment of your time now to ensure you're not scrambling without a plan later. Visit TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com to register and see our panel of experts. 
Hello, I'm Mark Stoneman, president of WNAV Audiovisual. WNAV Audiovisual provides equipment and technicians for events of all sizes, from a handful of people to large ballrooms and convention centers as well. We also provide installation services for churches, schools, and corporations. No matter how many people are at your event, WNAV has the technicians and expertise along with the equipment to make each event successful. Audiovisual services include equipment such as sound systems, microphones, projection systems with screens, laptops, draping, lighting, and all the related equipment, and also web streaming services. So your meeting can go beyond the four walls of your space. WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business. Please contact us at wnav-video.com. Your daily source for in-depth business and investing news. We are Business 1440 KYC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.